Hey guys, a lot's been going on with IU basketball the last month. We needed to do an emergency pod with Colin Quinlan and John Feltz coming up next. Welcome to your best bets. Tonight, we have a very critical, important episode. Uh, I guess these guys are now a duo. Every time they come on, uh, they're, they're, they're together. Uh, the last time we talked, we, we had the Seinfeld Friends epic debate. Um, and, and that went over very well, I have to say. It was a, it was a real ratings bonanza for your best bet. Um, John Feltz and Cullen Quinlan are here with me tonight to discuss the state of IU basketball, where we've been, where we are now, and, and where we'll be uh, going forward. So, John and Colin, thanks for joining us. Colin, uh, Phil, thank you for having me. I always love coming on. And, uh, Phil, I want to give you a shout-out, especially my golfing betting uh, success has gone up uh, truly thanks to your podcast. So <laughs> so now hopefully my, my son Jack can go to college. <laughs> that's good to hear yeah i mean if, if it's funny in your your son's college uh i i feel i feel happy to be a part of that uh colin what's up how are you tonight hey i'm great phil thanks again for having me and john on um let me just say i do feel like i won the friends for a seinfeld debate so um if we ever need to do a review again just to show how i won we can do that but no i'm very excited to talk about iu basketball with the biggest iu basketball fan <laughs> i know john Feltz. so it's gonna be fun yeah. Speaking of the, the friend Seinfeld debate, you know, we had one other pop culture show after that. That was the uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey uh, with my wife and her friends. And <laughs> I, I got a lot of good feedback on that one, too. So I, I don't know that the, the, the friend Seinfeld might be in second behind that one. But, uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, we, we've had a I guess a whirlwind the last month with. IU basketball, uh, you know, another disappointing season. Uh, and then the, the, the debate of whether Archie was going to stick around or not. And I don't know about you guys, but I was a little surprised, uh, at least a little bit surprised that the trigger was pulled to remove him from the head coach position. Um, obviously with the help of the booster situation, I talked about this with Nate Conroy when we did our NCAA tournament uh, preview show Um I, I kind of thought he'd stick around for his fifth season and, and it would really kind of string it out. And we, you know, we would go into the buyout where it was going to be much, much less than it was now, but um, the trigger was pulled and, and, and he was fired. And I, I really think it was the right decision at the right time. Uh, don't you guys agree? Yes. <laughs> Cole, Cole, what, what do you think? Oh man, that, that is stuff I've obviously thought about a lot. I, now I do think it's the right decision. I was very shocked actually when he was fired. I, I thought they'd give him one more year with the, the COVID season and everything. Um, but I also thought they fired Crean one year too early. I know I'm probably in the minority there as well, but I guess I thought they'd give him one more try, but looking back, it's probably the right call to, to let him go and move on and start fresh here. What, uh, what, John, what do you think the number one thing was that went wrong during the Archie era? Uh, because when he came in, I was I was pumped. I, I think a lot of IU fans thought he was the next 
st- coaching, you know, star in, in, in the college scene. And it just never seemed to pan out, even with, you know, the, the Romeo Langford, um, you know, recruitment. And it, 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 there was never any pop to me that, and why do you think that is? What, what went wrong? Yes. Well, um, quick, quickly go back to your last question. Um, Colin and myself and our friend, Dan Barnum, we are in a Indiana basketball group chat. So Colin, would you say that that, that chat is going daily? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially it's lately. It's, 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 it's been hot lately. It's lit. It's, it's, it's lit as the kids are saying. Um, but um, when Archie was first let go, I think we were all a little shocked. And um, I think um, the main reason for that was Scott Dolson was the new athletic director. I think if Fred Glass was still in position as AD, I think Archie may have received another year. But I think because Scott Dolson was a uh, – he was a former manager under Bob Knight um, – he, he came, he came to the situation maybe a little differently. Um, you know, he, he's more connected to former players. Um, a lot of ADs want to have their guy, you know, Archie wasn't Scott's guy. He was Fred Glass's guy. Um, I think he heard from players in the team. Uh, there are rumblings that several players were playing the tra- uh, playing the transfer, including Armand Franklin, who did. Trace would have gone to the NBA. So I think there was a lot of factors that kind of made sense after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was the right decision. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of great things happening, but with Archie, I, th- I thought about this a lot and I think there's been, th- there's three reasons why he wasn't successful. And I think one, I think his stubbornness got in the way a lot during his tenure um, case in point, he didn't change lineups ever ever <laughs> i mean it was and there was a stat that tom Izzo he had 16 different lineups last year and I mean, you don't want to change it you know all the time but there were some notable um changes that probably should have been made throughout the year and archie's philosophy was guys don't lose positions on the lineup guys have to earn it which mm-hmm. makes sense on paper mm-hmm. but i think it, if he's not playing well, I think it's time, you know, to, to put him on the bench. But so right. stubbornness was, was, was one, I think recruiting, he, he did bring in, as you mentioned, uh, Romer Langford, Trace Jackson Davis, Kristen Lander, uh, Anthony Leal, three of those guys were Mr. Basketball. Mm-hmm. But other than those guys, there wasn't a, a depth of quality talent. Um, several guys transferred out. I mean, Demisey Anderson was here, Clifton Moore. Those guys were like yeah. Yeah. high, I mean, you know, three-star guys, four, but they weren't like the solid four or five-star that we needed. Right. Um, what was my – I had three points. Those were my main two points. I mean, obviously, he just didn't win enough. <laughs> oh, nine versus Purdue. I mean, that's oh. – it almost seems like impossible to say, and you just cannot do that, in Indiana. Um, so it's not winning enough stubbornness, and um, I think his recruiting were were my reasons for why he didn't get um, retained. Can I add to those reasons before I get sure. to you, Cullen, before I get to you, Colin? Um, sure. Um, lack of of a modern offense. Um, not a lack of the player development. I feel like uh, you people can say what they want about Tom Crean, but 
he sent a lot of guys to the NBA. Uh, look at a guy like Thomas Bryant, who has become a really serviceable NBA player. Um, yeah, even a guy like Troy Williams, who became an NBA player for a while. Yogi Ferrell became, you know, one of the best point guards in IU history. Uh, Tom Crean did a really good job of making players better. There was a lot of faults with Crean, but that's where I, I just I never saw that within Archie's system where players improved from year to year. I, it, basically, the guy was who he was when he came to IU two years later, and that was pretty disappointing to me. Packline defense. Um, it, they're, you know, I thought coming from Dayton when, when I saw him at Dayton, great defensive team, you know, they had to run to the elite eight and I figured they were going to be really stout defensively in year one. He was, they were, and it was progressively worse into year four. Um, and to me, guys, there, there was just zero shooting on this, this team for four years. There was no Jordan Halls. There was no Matt Roth. Um, and, if you can't shoot in today's game, even in college basketball, you're just not going to win enough games. And to me, the lack of shooting really, really hurt them uh, the last couple of years. Uh, Cullen, interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, very well said by both of you guys. Um, just to go off the shooting, kind of like you said, like the offense he ran, if they got down even seven or eight points, I was like, well, that might be it. And I never, ever feel like that usually. But I'm like, because they can't score quick. Can't hit, you know, a dependable three-point shooter. I mean, I like Jerome Hunter a lot, but yeah. he got streaky. But I think he should have played more. Like John said, changed lineups maybe sometimes. But we'll see what happens this year. Um, regarding the defense, I mean, the defense, and John, you probably know, but I feel like the defense got better every year statistically um, that he was there, but the offense just wasn't there. Um, Cream, I guess I say what you want about Cream, but he was – much more fun to watch the offense was so much more fun to watch, but I know John probably has something to say about cream, but yeah, a little inconsistent uh, with some things, but yeah, like he had the, the holes, the Yogi, you know, all the three point shooters, all the depot um, Hartman. I mean, I just, all these guys that could hit threes. I'm like, okay, let's get back into it. Now just with Archie, if we got back behind, that's, that was the most deflated thing about the season. They start well, and then they get behind. I'm like, well, there's not going to come back. And I, I think maybe they came back one time to like where they were down by, you know, maybe 10 and came back to win. But other than that, if they got down and they were like, Oh, got hit. Can't come back. So just frustrating, very deflating. Uh, just the IU basketball group during the season was not very positive most of the time, unfortunately. So yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Yeah. It, it did feel like one of those NFL teams where, you know, they can run the ball, but they can't throw the ball. And so the, if yeah. you get down by 10 points and, and, you know, with that type of NFL team, you're done. It feels like an uphill climb. And it felt like that uh, this season, the last couple of seasons. I definitely agree with that. I want to ask you guys about um, the state of mind of, of IU fans. And I, I've, I've heard a lot about this, you know, especially w during the coaching search that, uh, I use fans expectations are too high um, that we're st stuck in the past. Um, we're all basically the same generation uh, of fans. You know, I, you know, teenager in the night era, um, you know, I was in college when, when we had the run under Mike Davis to the title game. Um, but to me, the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, it, there's been a really nice parallel to Notre Dame football, but now Notre Dame football is, 
very consistently good. And, and it's obviously a level below the Clemson's and Alabama's, but they're always in the mix. So I don't even know if that's a fair parallel now to say that IU basketball is Notre Dame football. Um, but so go, go back to my original question. Are, are expectations too high for this program now, John? Uh, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> now, do I think that IU should win the, uh, you know, win the title game every year or go to the final four? No. Uh, so maybe that was the expectation before, you know, we were, um, you know, in the, in the you know, 60s, 70s and 80s, that was the expectation. I don't, if you ask any IU fan, I don't think that's really the expectation now. Um, for me personally, I think if IU can finish in the top three, top four of the Big Ten every year, compete for a conference title, uh, be, be in the hunt for a conference title every year, if they can obviously make the tournament, that's making the tournament is almost like the borderline yeah. ceiling. I and mean, you, you make the term every year. And one or one out of every three or four years make a final four run. I mean, I, th- I think Cole and I talked about this a lot. There's the, te- the, the teams nowadays, there's so many good teams. I, th- I think the, the level of play has risen consist- consistently that other than the blue bloods, now you have so many other mid-major teams that weren't good 20 years ago that, that they're all kind of rising to the top, like Gonzaga and – no, Alabama was never a good, really a great basketball t- program. Florida State. I mean, there's so many good programs now that it's it's really hard to separate yourself. So um, I think the, I think the expectations should be, as what I said, competing for a Big Ten title, top three, top four, make the tournament and make a Final Four run every one or three, three or four years. And I think under Mike uh, Mike Woodson, that's definitely now, now, um, doable. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was it. I think so. Crean second to last year with Yogi, um, Thomas Bryant. That team that I think it was 2016. They yeah. were they made it to the Sweet 16. That's the year they beat Kentucky. I mean, that's like that's like the last really uh, good moment for the program that that season. Um, it was a bit of a surprise when they won the Big Ten championship. Um, but now that's five, five years ago and it, it feels longer. Uh, Colin, where do you stand with expectations? Is it, is it realistic where we are? And I, I agree with everything John said. I think it's completely on point. Do you, do you feel like that's, that's a fair expectation for the program, especially where the, the state of the program is right now? I think it's national title next year or bust. <laughs> no, I, I, I you know, I wish I could give a better take, but I do agree. I think just a tournament appearance is not that much to ask in IU basketball. Um, it's funny to say that about Notre Dame football because they are consistently good, making playoffs, making big bowls. I mean, John and I get ridiculed being uh, reversible jacket fans, but as you know, Phil, we both have reasons being have family that went to Notre Dame and we went to yeah. IU, so yeah, we can get those people off our backs is what I say. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, I think – Hopefully, I don't know about you, this year I'm just hoping to make the tournament and then I'd be happy with that and about you guys. But but um, I think just top half of the Big Ten would be good. And you can't lose to Purdue nine times in a row. You just can't. I mean, I, I don't, like John said, doesn't even feel 
right to say that 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 could honestly happen <laughs> um yeah. just depressing when they lose to purdue it's just can't can't, can't happen so hopefully i think mike what's is going to change that we'll, we'll see we'll see and it's, uh, I've read a few points about this. Like Purdue fans, they don't even like brag anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't even hear like like uh, a few of my Purdue friends would text me. Oh, you know, we got you again. Like they're not even texting me anymore because <laughs> it's, it's almost like it's not even like fun. Like there's this and that, right. that that's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say just to start the podcast. This is this is the podcast. If you're an IU fan, you want to hear, or if you're a Purdue fan, you'd want to hear because you want to hear us in misery and and talking about <laughs> uh, you know where we're at here. Um, so right after Archie was fired, um, I guess the the couple of weeks before for Woodson, uh, you know, got the job. There was obviously a ton of rumors, uh, you know, with, you know, Chris Beard and uh, Nate Oates and, you know, even, you know, obviously Brad Stevens, I called him uh, the white whale, the situation. Um, <laughs> if, if Brad Stevens came out tomorrow and said, I actually, I want the IU job, I'd be like, see ya, see ya, Mike, it's been nice. Um, <laughs> that's, that's still how I feel about Brad Stevens. And I, I'm not sure why. Cause he's never won anything. We know what he did at Butler and, and he's been great for the Celtics, but uh, I think it's, it's just, I think the expectation is he was all, he was always going to come back to Indiana at some point. It felt like a reasonable time for him to do so um, with his situation with, with the Celtics and, and where they are as a team. Um, John, if you were offered seven years, $70 million, which was the rumor <laughs> that was uh you know that was offered to brad stevens would you, would you have declined like he did uh, <laughs> i mean i, w- I would have t- taken it in a heartbeat <laughs> uh that yeah that that whole thing was unbelievable and it wojo um yeah, he, apparently he, he confirmed that rumor a couple days ago which is kind of weird timing because you know allegedly that happened like three weeks ago right um but no, I, I would have jumped on the first plane and made, made it to Bloomington. I, I mean, Woodson had to be, I don't know what number of choice of, I mean, fifth, sixth, I don't know what. Um, I guess we'll never find out. But Cullen, did you have a top choice in your mind? Was it Stevens or was it someone else? Oh, yeah, it was, it was Stevens. I mean, like I said, I thought that was a perfect time for him to come back home, come back home, even though, but to Indiana. But I would not have turned that down, but uh, I believe if I'm correct, you guys, um, he doesn't like recruiting and all that stuff. Yep. Um, so I guess he's uh, like, he called himself a mass hole now. So um, <laughs> he likes Dunkin' Donuts and cutting people off. So whatever, screw him. So uh, no, I, I still love him. still support him. Um, but when Mike was hired, I, I mean, yeah. What, kept, was, kept me- what, what was your initial reaction, Colin? Like the first thought, First thought, I was kind of surprised. I, I thought it was gonna be like like Beard or someone like that. To be honest, from our our, our group chat was just on fire that week or a week or two or however long it was of just the options. But I was I was happy. I was like, okay, I think it's good NBA. Guy. I like that he's an NBA guy. I think that appeals to the the, the kids nowadays because they want to get to the NBA or play that style. So I was excited, but not like jacked but then as the time went on i got more and more excited especially when most people came back and he's got some great transfers and recruits yep. now so yep. getting just more and more excited which i kind of like that 
steady rise of excitement rather than be like jacked and they're like oh wait it's not gonna be great that was my my feeling yeah uh john your initial thought and and how does that how, how do you feel initially compared to how you feel tonight so I was on a family vacation and it's funny because the last three, four IU basketball coaches have been hired. I've been out of Fort Wayne and it's kind of a weird, like, so I had a weird feeling something was going to happen. We were on a family vacation in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And uh, I get tweet alerts and uh, I'm on this website called pigs.com that uh, Colin knows it's kind of my second home. <laughs> um, it's, for those for those who don't know, yeah, Peaks.com is an Indiana uh, recruiting and basketball website. I would argue that they're the best in on the internet. Um, I interned there while at IU, so I'm, I'm biased again. Um, but my initial reaction was, okay, <laughs> this is good. Okay, this is good. And I told Colin, like, I would, I probably would have supported in, like, whoever it was. I would have been, you know, all right. I could talk myself into it, but I knew who Mike Woodson was. Um, and, you know, he, and, and we can talk about this later, but, you know, he's an, the more you learn about him, he is, you know, an, an, he's an all time great. He's not just a good IU player. He is an, a, he's fifth all time in scoring on the all time scoring list. He's sixth all time in steals. Like he was a big 10 player of the year. He is an unbelievable, like he's up there with, I mean, I mean, Calvert Chaney, I think most people would say is probably number one, but he's, you know, probably in that second or top third tier of all-time players. So he was a great player. Um, but going back to him uh, being hired, I was like, okay, this is good. Okay. You know, let's, let's see what happens. And then literally five minutes later, it was announced Thad Mata was joining the staff. Mm. And mm -hmm. I, that really, like, it was almost like a package deal and, I like Thad Mata. Um, he brings a ton of experience. Uh, you know, he, he was a winner at Butler as well as um, Ohio State, obviously. So when that happened, I remember I'll, I was like, sh not shaking, but I was like running around my, our old condo and Allie, my wife, was like, what are you doing? I'm like, we just got Mike Woodson. We just got Thad Mata. Let's go. Like I was fired up. I was texting Colin and Dan. Um, so again, the initial uh, reaction was, okay, this is going to be good. And then Thad just kind of threw it into overdrive. Thad Mata, classic Big Ten coach face. Um, <laughs> I, I hope you guys know what I mean by that because uh, oh, yeah. to me, the all-timer is Bo Ryan, Bo Ryan's face. Uh, you just come on the screen, I just get instantly angry. And Thad Mata, <laughs> Thad Mata wasn't far behind for me. Um, so – as as the details have come out now, I think we understand now Mata's role is is to help you know recruiting transition to the college game for Woodson. Um, how important do you guys think uh, it was to to finally go back to an IU guy um, for the first time? You know, since uh, I guess post night, I I gotta say for a while I didn't I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Um, you know, I, like I was excited when they got Crean. I was really excited when they got Archie. Um, but now for the first time, I kind of felt like, okay, maybe, maybe it is important that the next coach to lead us into the future is an IU guy and, you know, really can tie us to the past where we were, you know, with, with coach Knight and can really draw back some of the, 
some of the older IU fans who were who were night people and kind of tie it all together and bring the fan base together. Cullen, is that is that accurate with how you feel or does it did it not matter to you? Uh, I don't think it mattered. Like you kind of said at first, but now that's happened, I do feel like I work with some older, um, uh, more wiser ladies at work. Let's just say that, that are Bob Knight people. Um, and I, I feel like with Woodson, that is an Bob Knight IU guy, you know, I, I do feel like it's tying everybody together. We're all supporting it. And um, I guess it does mean more than I thought it would. But um, like John said, he was obviously a great player with the NBA tie, I think it is going to get just a lot of different avenues of support and people to rally behind him and hopefully, you know, lead him to better than what Archie did, which I do think he will do almost right away uh, just because he's got all those players back and like a few good recruits. So more than I thought it would, I, I do think it's important. Yeah. John, what do you think, what do you think are some of the positives Woodson brings to the table? Um, any, any specifics with, you know, could be the NBA pass, uh, you know, running a modern offense. Uh, those are two things that come to mind for me. What about you? Yes, um, several things. Um, I think, you know, modernizing the, the, the offense, you know, he, he brings a four, four out, one in, one in offense. Um, for your listeners who may, not, who may not know what that is, you know, it's four perimeter players and then you have one, one post player which for the Hoosiers will be um, undoubtedly Trace Jackson Davis. Um, it creates more spacing. It allows players to, you know, create off the dribble, uh, drive and kick. Um, and you know, reading more about Mike Woodson, he was actually a big part of bringing that type of offense to the NBA. Um, and he was actually criticized for it with, with, with the Knicks. He's, people said, you know, you need more size, you need, you know, the shooting threes is not going to win you games. And I think if it was 2012, they set the record, like they they did one game where they set the record for like the most threes in a game. And it was like 28 attempts or something. And now it's funny, you know, Colin knows like Steph Curry will do that, like on a given night. (laughs) Um, So yeah. So his, Offense is going to be exciting and fun to watch. Uh, IU has several players who I think fit the offense well. I think Christian Lander is going to be a huge benefit to the offense. Um, again, Christian is he, he, other than getting older and getting stronger because he came in a year early, he needs space to create. And this is what the, the offense does for him. Uh, I think it's also going to benefit. Um, Xavier Johnson, who, who they just got from Pittsburgh. I'm not sure what offense they ran at Pittsburgh, but he's great with the ball in his hands. He can create, he, he, he can shoot a little bit. Um, but yeah, so several players will benefit from that. And Woodson brings a defense that was almost the opposite of Archie. He, it's, it's anti-pack line. It is switch everything. Um, Archie was known for his high hedges, which he, which um, I, I like Joey Brunk. I know he, he left, but he was not a great hedger. And when you're slow and you can't, you know, you have to guard the guard, um, it, it throws everything off. So Woodson switches everything. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, um, going back to what Colin was saying, you know, 
being an IU player, I think that matters. And I, ne- I never thought it, it did before, but it definitely does now. He can go into a recruit's living room or via Zoom and say, I played in Indianapolis. I was an all Big Ten player at IU. I played in the NBA. Like, I was, I was you. And I think a lot of people can relate to him. And he's a generally nice guy from what we've heard from everybody. Um, so I think that he will bring that to the recruiting table. And that was one of the biggest criticisms that he received is, oh, he, he's never recruited before. And I'm just like, he has a story to tell. And that's what, that's all what recruiting is. It's telling a story, it's building relationships. And I think he'll do phenomenal. Um, and he already has on, on, on the recruiting trail. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I, I mean, been in the NBA for a long time. Uh, you know, the Hawks head coach, Knicks head coach, recently a Knicks assistant. I mean, we're talking about a guy that led the Knicks to uh, a two seed in uh, 2012. I know I know they had Carmelo, but I mean, we're talking about the New York Knicks. Uh, um, you know, he was solid with the Hawks before that. And something I saw last night on Twitter that really made me really excited and just really feel good about who we have as a head coach is when he came, he went back to New York last night and um the players just seemed genuinely happy to see him. Uh, they were all giving him hugs. They just, you know, they're smiling. It just seemed like they really built a solid rapport with this guy. And that makes me excited because I never really saw that with Archie um, and, and, and the kids that are there now. And I, I, I feel like there's hope with Woodson to bring some of that uh, you know, that rapport and chemistry back and where they're, they really love their coach and the player really loves, or the coach really loves the players. I think that's really important um, building that team mentality. So I also like, I I love the Dane Fife, um, you know, hire, you know, could he be the coach in waiting? Um, Potentially, I, I don't know, but I, I think there's some potential that, you know, Woodson's not young. I, I guess that would be one of the drawbacks with, with the selection of him. Um, so I, I like what they've done. We'll get to the, we'll get to the transfers in a second. Um, by the way, Dane Fife guys, and we're going to get to this. He's, he's one of my top five IU basketball players ever favorites. Really? Yeah. Wow. I love Fife. Um, <laughs> um, but after the Woodson hire, I, I was, I mean, everyone was railing on them, writers, national writers, um, media guys. Uh, I mean, it was kind of just saying they paid $10 million for Mike Woodson. Um, it was kind of alarming to me where I was like, Oh man, did we make, did we make the wrong decision initially? You know, um, Colin, did you see, did you see some of that, that backlash? Oh yeah. So a lot of haters out there, a lot of haters. Um, but it made me second guess for sure. But I'm like, if it wasn't Brad Stevens to me, I was, I guess, not a, in hindsight, like I just wanted an IU guy. I guess I know Dane was one of the rumored ones, but um, just learning more about Mike. I mean, he looks like a big old teddy bear, you know? I mean, just like you want to give him a hug. So, um, yeah, the haters, I just they can go to the side. I don't know. But, uh, I, I, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> um, so let's, let's get into – what's happened since, um, since he took the position. Um, there's, there were some guys in the transfer portal. Uh, so we get, you know, Trace comes back, Race Thompson comes back, uh, Jordan Geronimo, 
Uh, we do lose Armand Franklin, which at first I thought was was a big deal. Now I think it's not as big a deal based on everything that's happened. Uh, as, as John mentioned, Xavier Johnson from Pittsburgh, he'll, he'll have two years of eligibility. Uh, seems to be, you know, a real dynamic score, uh, a point guard that we can rely on, a point guard we can rely on, which we haven't had since Yogi. Um, thank you, Rob Fennessy. Um, uh, we lose Al, Al Durham, you know, see you, Al. Uh, you know, thanks for your efforts, but uh, I, don't, I don't think too many IU fans are going to miss Al. Um, and then this week alone, uh, you, Tamar Bates – decommits from Texas because of, uh, uh, help me out, John. Shaka uh, Smart. Shaka Smart goes to Marquette and he decommits. And, uh, you know, that was a huge pickup because uh, last I saw he's, he's now, I mean, based on the site you look at, but top 30 guy. Um, and I, I watched him. I sound like a real like recruiting guy now, but I watched some tape on him today. This guy can score. He's confident. He's explosive and athletic. I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to start right away, but he's going to, he could start at some point in the season. And then just yesterday, um, uh, they pick up Miller cop for two years uh, and uh, a really solid player for Northwestern the last couple of years, double digit scorer provides some nice size, um, some shooting, and uh, I think I think another guy that can really play defense can switch um, from what I've seen from him. Uh, John, just talk about where you think the roster is now compared to where it was two or three weeks ago. Absolutely. Um, as you mentioned last year, um, if you ask any IU fan what was the biggest problem, you'd probably get 10 different answers. My biggest beef last year was the guard play and um, I have a soft spot for Rob Finnessy. Um, <laughs> Colin, yeah, Colin, Colin, I battled all, all year for Rob more, more so, uh, you know, he, he was a West Lafayette guy who said, see a Purdue, Purdue was recruiting him very hard. And he, he picked to join our family. So I kind of hang on to that a little bit, but as you saw throughout the year, his confidence just was shot. And, um, Phil, I know you're a big Dane Five fan. So Dane went on the media circuit and he said that he he loves Rob, great defender. He called him one of the best Big Ten defenders, but his head wasn't there. And so I think Dane will take a personal ownership um, in Rob. But this year, I think we're definitely we're, we're better across the board. I'm sorry for saying we're. I'm, I'm not on the team, <laughs> uh, but might as uh, well be, yeah. I uh, might as well be. You know, we're 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 all alums, so I feel, feel like we can say that. But um, no, I do think that it's across the board. I, I I hope that each player takes a natural step forward, which you you, you kind of hope. Um, and on on the Peaks message boards, people are, are already talking starting lineups. And again, ten people will share their thoughts, and you have ten different lineups, and that's a great problem to have. There'll be a lot of competition especially the guard, our, our backcourt oh, yeah. is solid. Last year it was like, okay, you know, Rob, he's struggling from three. Al was kind of streaky. Armand was playing well, and then he got hurt, and he kind of never came back to what he was. Um, so I think this across the board um, will be a much better scoring offense, especially uh, Xavier Johnson. I'm really excited for him. 
again, he doesn't really shoot a high clip, but he can get to the rim. He can distribute. He has a little bit of a turnover issue. I know they're, they're going to try to work on, but he, uh, Phil, as you said, he brings that explosiveness that, um, that they missed um, as well as you know, Tamar Bates. He was ranked last I checked um, on rival, not rivals 24 seven. Um, he was in the 60 and then ESPN has updated their rankings. He was like 26. Yep. So he is a true guard left hand. He's a lefty, which I mean, for some reason, I'm, I, I just like how lefties play. Cause I, cause like people can't guard them. Right. Cause they're so used to guarding right-handed people. So I love getting a left guard. I agree. Uh, I agree. Except, guard. except Al Durham, but yeah. Except Al. Al. <laughs> now, yeah. now, man yeah, he's he's going to providence correct yep, is that what yep, yeah, yep. Yep. oh so, and we uh, did we didn't even talk about parker stewart uh right scored all, averaged almost 20 points a game at uh ut martin uh you know mid-year transfer didn't play a game yet but uh he might start uh i mean so you're right the depth in the backcourt now is uh, it's really substantial um i think Trace. So I, I said this before, Trace is a real lightning rod, at least with a lot of people. I know that are college basketball fans. A lot of people think he sucks. Um, <laughs> at least that I'm around. Um, I, I kind of, I can kind of see it, but I think he's got the potential to uh, really expand his game. If he can pick up a jump shot, um, hopefully Woodson can help expand the game, uh, you know, out from the basket a little bit. Uh, but I mean, he's going to be Big Ten preseason player of the year. This, yeah. I mean, he's, he's just going to be by default. There's no one else I, I see, you know, for that. Race Thompson is probably my favorite player on the roster. I think he provides so much. I, I, I know that I think he has a three-point shot in him to, you know, especially with the new system that you're talking about, John. I, I think that's going to be important for him. Um, so, I mean, this team could go 10-11 deep. I mean, we didn't even talk much about Anthony Leal. Um, I know. It's crazy. Uh, uh, Trey Galloway. I mean, Trey Galloway. Yeah. Um, and then Christian Landers, you know, who Lander, Geronimo, it's, it's, it's a good, it's, it's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. Um, uh, Kelly, let's, uh, I want to talk about the Rob Fennessy thing real quick. Cause I know you yeah. and I see eye to eye. I called him the most overrated IU player or no, I'm sorry. Most disappointing IU player this last decade. Um, his freshman year was phenomenal. Uh, you know, he, he made, he made the, one of the, one of the best, you know, game winning shots I can remember an IU player making in the last 10, 15 years against uh, a Butler. Correct. Yeah. Um, we were there, Colin. We were there. We were, oh, you were there. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. That is awesome. And, and, you know, paired with Romeo that year, he just seemed to me like, I'm like, this guy is, this guy's Yogi Ferrell 2.0. Like he's going to be amazing by the time he's a senior. Well guys, he's a senior and it hasn't been amazing. Now I, now, so here's where, what I'll say, he has had a significant amount of injuries that have really held him back. Um, but I haven't seen a player just lose confidence that has so much potential just you know, from their freshman year through their the end of their junior year. Uh, that's where you stand as well, well Cullen? Yeah, I, I've told John this, and like I said, it's just uh, disappointing is a good word. I feel bad. I mean, I, I support all the players, obviously, but he started out so great, confident, and then and I told John this past year, I just never saw him ever, ever get mad. I just want to see or some fire or some energy, and I feel like being the point guard, kind of default the leader, you run the offense, you kind of, you know, should run like 
mentioning Yogi. I mean, you think about Yogi, I just think about him yelling and flexing and, you know, firing up his team. And I, I love that. I miss that type of point guard. So um, that, that, that got me the most upset. I mean, whether he has some sports psychology issues of confidence, that's who's, who can say that besides him. But um, I just wanted him to get angry or fire up his team or yell or just any of that. So I hope I see that this year. Hopefully, like you said, Dane Fife can kind of take him under his wing and get him focused and fired up for this year. I'd really like to see that. That'd be a great like story for him too. Yeah. Uh, you know, be the rub fantasy whisperer, you know, have, have him, you know, really be impactful this last year. I don't, I don't know if he's going to start to be honest with you. Um, yeah. It's, you know, I, I think we can lock in trace and race at the four and five uh, Xavier Johnson, I think is going to start. I think the two and three are a little bit up for grabs. I, I would probably say Stewart's in there, maybe Finnessy as well. I, I I don't know, John, do you have a feeling on what you think the starting five would be? Yeah, I, this goes, uh, Cole and I talked about this, and Dan in our group chat, it changes almost every single day. I think Trace, <laughs> I think Trace is truly probably the only, like, 155% he's locked starting. I think Xavier Johnson will start as well. Um I think Parker Stewart will start the three. So I guess I'm kind of going all over the place here, but um, the truthfully, the, the four spot is where I'm really. You could go Jerome Hunter if you wanted to go small. You could get, if you're going to go the true four out, um, you know, one in, you know, race Thompson, he had a Jordan Geronimo had a higher three point percentage than race did. And <laughs> I love Jordan, but he was not, he's, he's not a shooter by any means. So if race can develop an outside shot or in the off season, um, definitely. And like you feel, I race was like one of the biggest uh, surprises or you know, bright spots last year. That guy is, you know, he, he comes to play, he'll rebound, he puts on a mask and he'll, he'll play like a, a true mask. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> He's just solid all around. He's just a great all around um, basketball player. Yeah. All right. So if I, if, if I think this, this will probably change in the next few months, but if I was making a prediction, I would probably go Xavier Johnson, a point guard, Finnessy at the two based on Dane Fife's love for Finnessy. Maybe he'll turn him around a little bit. Parker Stewart, Jerome Hunter, Trace Jackson Davis. That subject to change. <laughs> okay. You, you would have race coming off the bench, subject to change. Okay. I know. That could, and well, that could be, yeah, I could be 100% wrong on that. But um, especially now, I mean, we need like, we need more depth at the five spot. So, um, and Logan, you know, with Joey gone, um, Logan Duncan's coming in from Cincinnati, who yeah, I think everyone mentioned him. Yeah, people are going to love him. Uh, I call him a poor man's Cody Zeller, which is not supposed to be a bad thing. Cody was – Cody's in my top five, by the way, uh, favorite players. Um, but Logan's going to – you know, he's, he's a little time to get bigger and learn the Big Ten game. So I think race will definitely give some depth to Trace, but they'll definitely be on the court at the same time uh, throughout the year. Um, yeah, I – it, it, it's it's funny you brought up Logan. I, I totally kind of spaced out, and that's again that's the depth that we're talking about now. Um, and it, it 
it feels to me like there's there's just been this excitement injected where now we're in this space where, oh man, I, I see what we can be. And um, it's kind of fun to be in this space before we even get to the season because you can kind of just see the potential. I think the talent is clearly there. I think the system is, the offensive system is much better. Um, and there seems to be a little bit of swagger uh, around the program, uh, which I like because I you just haven't seen that uh, in a while. Um, I really, I guess, going back to the the Crean era when you know with, with you know the team that got to the number one and you know was you know the number one overall seed in 2013. It's been a while since I felt that way, but I feel it now. And, and there's there's a Twitter presence and there's excitement, so I'm I'm ready to go, guys. I think I think the program is yeah. is going the right direction. Print the damn shirts. We're back. Um, <laughs> uh, I have one of those. Yeah, you do. Okay, yeah. I do. Yeah, I bought. Um, I was a sucker. Um, let's talk about top five Indiana basketball players of all time. Colin, I want you to start us off. Who's your five? Ooh. All right. That's <laughs> good, good. question. All right. It's tough. But, um, and a reason know. why that player is in your list, of course. I mean, okay. All right. That's a good point. We'll go five to one. Five, I'm going to go Cheney just because he's Calvert freaking Cheney. I had a Bullets jersey of him when I was a kid, so I love that. I love that. But, I mean, he's just – when I think about being a kid in IU basketball, it's Cal Um, So that's five. Four would be Oladipo. I mean, just had some ridiculous highlights. Loved his energy. Loved his uh, development, as you were talking about, Phil, of players. Like, he started out just kind of a raw athlete and turned into an NBA all-star. Pretty awesome. Um, let's do three. I think I'm going to have to go with Yogi. Uh, as we talked about, his fire. I mean – just he just developed over time as the leader. The last time I really felt, as you say, the swagger. I like the swagger. That's a great. He just had great swagger. Speaking about swagger, uh, John knows that I love me some Will Sheehy. Um, <laughs> oh yes, yes. 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 He was yep. a big. Uh, I can see not liking him if you were not an IU oh. fan. Yeah. But he had one. Of my, he probably had my favorite IU dunk ever. Um, yes. When he dunked on the Iowa guy. So okay. um, his just his. Also energy. As you see, I like energetic people, uh, players, I guess. But he, I just liked the game he had, and he talked a lot of crap and just uh, backed it up for the most part, really hit a big shot in the NCAA tournament, you know. That's right. Um, yeah. The VCU game, right? You, yeah, yep. VCU, yeah. I remember I remember being where I was, I was pacing, <laughs> rubbing my hands, and all that good stuff. But <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Uh, but number one, and I know John probably knows, just um, was there when we were there. Loved his game, Rod, Hot Rod Wilmot. I mean, uh, love that guy. I mean, <laughs> not that he – it's just my personal fave. He has some great dunks, great threes. I mean, I like the style. I just – John knows I'm not a big uh, – as you can tell, there's not a lot of big big men in there right. um, in my top five. I just like more of a Jordan Kobe, you know, slasher, you know, two to three type – I think there's the most skilled players um, yeah. in basketball. So, but Wilmot, I just – being there wow. when he was there, I, lo I loved him. So wow. that's, my, that's my five. Yeah. 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 He, he definitely never met a shot he didn't like. That's for sure. He, no. had, <laughs> he had a lot of J.R. Smith in him, uh, which he I think is, I, I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, yeah. By the way, Rod Wilmot, on the, he's been on the local golf scene, uh, you know, really? for, a little, for a little while. Yeah. Wow. So I'm at the golf. Yeah. So I'm at the golf course a couple years ago. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. yeah there you go. Um, all right, John, you're five. Okay, 
Because <laughs> again, the, the five spot kind of could be up for grabs, but as Colin said, Calvert Cheney, all time greats. Um, during the pandemic um, last year, at, at the height of it, um, basically a week after the the, the tournament was canceled, um, our friend Colin's friend too, uh, Ryan Palmer, uh, he's a big big IU basketball fan as well, and. Him and I said, you know, how are we going to get through this these next couple months? So we would watch uh, once a week via Zoom. We we had we rotated and we picked games, old games we could find on YouTube, and we just watched and talked about them. And um, watching Calvert Cheney, I mean, there's a reason why he's all-time leading scorer and Big Ten Player of the Year and playing the NBA. I mean, he was a phenomenal athlete, good shooter, can get to the rim, nice person i mean everyone loved calvert cheney and i was again i was kind of young but as colin said you knew who calvert cheney was as a a kid in indiana growing up Mm -hmm. number four yogi ferrell guy i miss that guy um so last i believe i saw on twitter last night he had uh eight points against uh no for the the clippers and they won he signed a i think one of those 10 there um Again, energy, leadership, shooting, um, in, in Indiana kid. That, 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 that does not make or break it for me, but to me that matters a little bit. Um, and um, just an overall great player. Number three, Brian Evans. Guy, I oh, love that guy. Wow. Yes. I love Brian Evans. And if you guys get a chance, uh, the Hoosier Hysterics, they have a podcast they interviewed Brian Evans the week before Mike Woodson was hired. It was a two hour podcast. I listened to it on the way down to Alabama and that guy just bleeds cream and crimson. Again, he was a big 10 player of the year. He, he, he red shirted playing the NBA. Uh, he, another lefty. I, I guess I like lefties. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, he was a great player. And uh, again, the older I get, the more I appreciate him. Now, number two, this guy used to be number one, but now he's number two, and that is DJ White. And I loved – we went to school. DJ White was was in our class. He lived at at our dorm, right, Teeter? He did. did. Um, You know, came from Alabama and was embraced immediately by IU fans. He got hurt um, and bounced back. Great player. Um, played in the NBA for a little bit, but most of his, most of his success was overseas, but I just loved his game. I loved his heart that he, he put into the program. And as Colin knows, my number one player, Cody Zeller. Oh yeah. That guy this is the epitome of Indiana basketball for me, a, a big, uh, played hard, um, you know, he was, I like guys who, is, who, who, who make a, you know, make a difference immediately on the floor. And, you know, when, when Cody was on the floor, you kind of gave him the ball and he great footwork, soft touch around the glass, could make his free throws. Um, I just love the way he played the game. So Cody Zeller is my number one hmm. favorite player of all time. So skilled. And he's such a skilled big guy. Um, yeah. And his, his speed and his athleticism were way underrated. Um, I, I, I thought he would turn out to be a better pro. For sure. Um, but, you know, those things are hard to project a little bit. Um, yeah. uh, 
All right, guys. Um, I'm excited about my five. Um, so, because <laughs> because you, I, I I don't even know if you would think of my number one, but my number five is Dane Fife. Um, I just love the way he played. Uh, one of the best defensive uh, players in IU history. Um, he'd always take the team's you know lead and score. He'd be in that guy's face, and, and in his by his senior year, he became a really reliable shooter. Of course, that O2 team, uh, you know that team caught fire. They were just, they had a bunch of amazing shooters. Fife was one of them. Uh, just loved the way he played. Um, I can't believe this guy didn't make either one of your lists. Uh, number four, AJ Guyton, who is, Ooh, yeah. I mean, yeah. just one of the best scores uh, in IU history and big 10 history, just so smooth. And I mean, six foot um, just dominant player. Um I guess sort of toward the end of Knight's uh, tenure, but uh, I love watching him play. Uh, number three, this one was when I was uh, four or five years old. Jay Edwards. Um, yes. He was my yeah. he was my original favorite IU player. Wow. Just an unbelievable player. Um, it just makes shots that you look back now and you're like, oh, that's that's Steph Curry. Like um, he he was just he was such a good raw scorer. Um, and I just remember as a, as a five-year-old kid, I just loved him. Uh, number two is Yogi. I think just the best leader of IU, you know, basketball the last 20 years. Um, and just the most consistent player from his fresh, the day he stepped on the court as a freshman till you know, the last game he played is just such a consistent player. And, uh, man, I love that guy. Number one, <laughs> number one, Thomas Coverdale. Wow. wow. Tom Coverdale was Tom Coverdale. And you, and <laughs> Colin, you can ask my brother. He would say this. He'd give you the same answer. I bet. Um, I love Number Tom one? Cover, I love Tom Coverdale. <laughs> oh, I mean, because he just looked like, he looked like IU basketball. He, he just looked like us. I know. That's, that's why I loved him. <laughs> it looked like he just came out of the bar, which he probably did a couple of times. <laughs> probably did. Probably did. I mean, he was a he was a huge reason why they got to the national title game that year. Yeah, uh, you know, he had some good. You know, Jared Jeffries was a really good player, but Coverdale was unbelievable. I mean, he would. I remember against Notre Dame, he dropped thirty. That's kind of his coming out party, and I mean, he's just hitting shots that you wouldn't believe. You're like, who is this guy? And I just loved him <laughs> after that. And he had just such a cockiness and attitude toward him, and like, God, that. I want that, you know, um, yeah. I just, I just love Tom Coverdale. The last couple of years of his career were, were awesome. Um, so it's my favorite player. A couple honorable mentions. I love Michael Lewis. Um, yep. I loved his grittiness. And, you know, when he, when he threw the ball in Jess Settle's face on the inbounds <laughs> play is one of my favorite IU moments that I can ever remember. Um, so I love Lewis. Sheehy's on there. I, I kind of forgot yeah. about him. So thank you for mentioning Will Sheehy because he's definitely in that category where if he doesn't play for your team, you hate that guy. There's no doubt. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, so that's that's my list. Um, I appreciate you guys adding you know some names in there that I wasn't expecting. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's good it's good to kind of go back in time and talk about those guys. Uh, all right, let's wrap it. Final thoughts on IU. Uh, Colin, give us give us one last hot take if you can. All right, I'll try. Uh, I'm still trying to digest Coverdale. Um, that's just <laughs> that's awesome. That's I would never ever predicted that. Um, no, this has been great. It's been really fun um, just to talk about IU basketball. Just the, like you said, the 
the excitement that we have is something I haven't had in a long time, really. So um, just a little tidbit. I'm uh, very excited about Jordan Geronimo next year. I don't know why I just have a good feeling. Um, not to say he's going to start anything, but kind of reminds me, as John would say, poor man's, uh, I was going to say OG um, and an OB, but we'll see what happens with that. He's just an athlete, jump out of the gym. Um, I'm just excited for the season to start. Um, I know it's still like six months, seven months away, but um, I'm just very excited. And that's the only thing I really focus on. Um, I think they made the right choice with what they had and we'll see what happens. Hopefully we can maybe do another podcast later down the road, maybe, you know, talk about what's, what's happening during the season. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. John. Well, as I tell Colin, there's IU basketball season and there's IU basketball off season. Um, so now the next six months will be, you know, seeing how the team is doing in practice. Maybe we'll hear more about uh, Woodson talk about, you know, who he's, who he's leaning towards, you know, as far as a lot of coaches, like, like Archie was very, in his press conference, he really didn't talk much about, you know, starting lineups. He was very close to the, vest in a lot of things but i think woodson's gonna be a little bit different in that regard so I, i'm excited to hear how this team will grow during the off season but phil as you said um earlier in, in the program um i just feel a sense of calm um in a sense that um we have someone who's even the caretaker of indiana basketball and I couldn't think, you know, hindsight's 2020, but when you think of all the hires, uh, Dane Fife, you know, Kenya Hunter, bringing him back, Yasser Roseman, who's very well connected, Thad Mata, bringing back Cliff Marshall. Like, it just feels like things are right. And again, I, I was very excited with our Archie hire, but there was a lot of, you know, he was, you know, he came with, with questions. He came from the A-10 and what do you want the big level? Well, Mike Woodson's already been at the big, he's been in the NBA for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> so I just feel calm in a sense that I'm not, I, I, I call meaning I feel good, confident, excited, all, all the words you can imagine. And um, yeah, I, someone said on the peaks message board, it's kind of funny it's almost a shame we have to play games because we're so excited with all the great things that are happening. And, um, but no, I think next season will be, um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some growing pains um, along the way, but I think for the long term, um, IU basketball is in great hands. And um, it's been a long time since, you know, other than the 2012, you know, 2013, we were back in, in the, you know, top of the, nation um, i still have nightmares from that syracuse zone mm. game god i'll never leave uh, mm. unbelievable uh but no i think the program's in phenomenal hands and um I, I expect it to keep getting better and um let's hope that um you know let's just hope that things go well and um let's let's throw up the tip and start playing yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I, I think the staff feels right. The the roster's talented, um, and, and there's just there's just this feeling that hey, this might be something. And uh, like you said, the only thing that can ruin it is the product on the floor. 
<laughs> and so I think it's fun to, to kind of see how these next couple months feel and let the excitement build until we get to the fall. Um, yeah. Can't wait. Uh, gentlemen, appreciate you guys coming on again. Uh, I think this was, this was necessary to do. Um, a lot has happened in the program the last month and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. So can't wait to have you guys on again for something else coming up. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate it. Thanks, Phil. Go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers. Your best bets on Instagram and Facebook. Check us out next week. We'll have a couple shows. We got a Chicago Bears podcast coming up too, which should be, it should be delightful. Myself <laughs> and my brother just railing on the Bears. By the way, the attitude is going to be a lot different for that one than it was tonight. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> thank you, Andy Dalton, for, for taking us in that direction. So uh, thanks again for listening. Catch you next time.